Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome back into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby from Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And Bonnie, we finally had some exciting weather, both of us, thankfully. Uh, Let's start with you. You guys actually got a snowstorm. Yes, yes, finally. Redemption, I'm telling you. Redemption. It was... It was actually like pretty legit. Um, it all kind of started like Wednesday night, um, just a little bit of like rain, a little bit of freezing rain. But I'm telling you, I'm about 20 minutes from my job, my house to my job. Okay. And it took me about two hours to get home. <laughs> oh, no. And I was going a steady seven miles an hour down the highway the whole way. And it was just wreck after wreck after wreck. And it's just... I think people didn't realize that the light rain that was falling was freezing on all these bridges and stuff. And so, I mean, the wrecks started Wednesday, so it it got pretty bad. But then, you know, Thursday morning, mix of sleet, rain, freezing rain all morning. And then finally in the afternoon and evening, we got some pretty, pretty significant snow, like around my house, which is in Moore, Oklahoma, um, south of Oklahoma City, we got probably two and a half to three to four inches in some places. Like it was, it was a pretty decent little snow. So I mean, I was very excited about it. Right, and I know that some places, yeah, and and I, and I know like places like um, Will Rogers International Airport, your guys's you know main airport, had mm-hmm. a little bit more snow. But when you looked yeah. at the radar and the satellite composite shots. It looked like there was a band that was training like right over downtown Oklahoma City for most of the afternoon once the snow started falling. Yeah, yeah, it it did. A pretty good heavy band was just just coming across the same area. I know Mustang, Oklahoma, which is southwest of Oklahoma City just a little bit. They they got some pretty good snow too, upwards of 5 inches in some places I think was the report. Um so it was, yeah, it was pretty good. And and the thing is, they actually had started to downplay it before it started. Um, Wednesday, they were talking about, oh, it looks like it's moving further south. And just like the last storm, that it, it was going to dip further south. And and it didn't. It really, it really got all of central Oklahoma, southern. Tulsa even got a little bit, but not as much as us. But they did get some. And, and it was pretty significant. So... It was pretty good. I was pretty excited about it. Right. And you finally mentioned that, you know, the last previous shot you guys had a snowstorm, the models looked really good. And then pretty quick in the span of what, you know, 24 to 36 hours, uh, it all started going away. And, you know, we had talked about, you know, your meteorologists are gun shy and people were like, oh, do we want to, you know, talk about this? But talk about the fact that, you know, not only did the models, you know, kind of flip flop again, but it seemed that most of your meteorologists had a pretty good handle on it, you know, even with the changing conditions. Yeah. Yeah, they really did. You know, and the winter storm watch was issued um, a few days before. Um, Then the warning was issued the day before and, you know, and it stuck. And so, you know, they did really good. And I think that 
you're right. Everybody was a little bit gun shy because I didn't see as much. I don't like using this word, but I'm going to use it. I didn't see as much hype on social media from anywhere. There, It just seemed a lot quieter than the last time. Right. So I think that they were just like, you know, putting out the facts, but they were just being really, really extra, extra walking on eggshells at being extra careful. And it's sad that they have to do that, but it's also like, haha, in your face, it happened. <laughs> right. And, you know, uh, again, so you guys finally get your snowstorm. The forecast yes. was, was nailed for the most part. Mm-hmm. How long did it stick around? Uh, it really started melting off on Friday. Friday, oh. we started getting up in the 40s and 50s. And that's how it is around here. We will get some good snow. Very rarely does it last more than a day or two after it actually happens because we go right back to well above freezing. So right now, I mean, I went outside today in a sweater and I was like, oh, I don't need a sweater. Like, it's comfortable out here. And so there's still little tiny piles of snow here and there because, you know, those just take a little bit more time to actually melt all the way down. But there's very little trace of the snow and ice and everything that we had. That's, you know, I I love that you guys have that in terms of, you know, the way that the climate works just because of geography, where you guys are at, you know, in the United States where, yeah, you get a blast of cold air, but within you know, a day or two, you guys are back into a different climate and you can obviously thank Gulf of Mexico for that. And you can yeah. thank, you know, the Rockies for that. But, uh, I'm finally glad that you guys finally got your snow shot because that's, you know, I know how much you've been waiting for that. And especially after the last failed, uh, attempt where, you know, you guys were possibly going to get it and then nothing. Uh, I'm really glad you did get the snow. That's, that's awesome for you. I I'm glad it's like, it's, it's redemption. That's what I put on Twitter too. I was like, this is redemption. This is mother nature making up for the last, you know, tease. And now like we can all breathe a deep sigh of relief that we got our good storm. And now anything that happens after it's just, it's just icing on the cake. Right. And now watch you guys will get, you guys will get blasted with like a 23 inch snowstorm here in the not too distant future. (laughs) Oh man, that would be great. The only thing is my job doesn't shut down for anything. And so like Wednesday when all the schools were closing and government jobs were saying, you know, only essential personnel needs to come in. I was like, man, I wish that was me. Right. Only if I had a decent, oh wait, the government is shut down. Never mind. My bad. <laughs> we won't get into that. We did get to leave early from work on Thursday. So that was good. They, they did close it early. That's good. Um, and then Friday we got to come in an hour late just because you know, everything freezes pretty hard overnight. So they just wanted us to have a little, but Friday morning when we got up, the sun was out, like not a cloud in the sky, like oh, big man. bright sun Friday oh. morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to transition from rain to, we had a windstorm last night. So we're taping this on Sunday, uh, January 6th. And we had our first probably really decent windstorm of the season to come through the Pacific Northwest and one that when we look back on it, when we do our winter recap, will probably be one that we talk about for a little bit. By no means is it was this a historic storm, but it was pretty strong. And, you know, in terms of wind gusts, the highest one I saw, you know, around the metropolitan area of Portland was, you know, at 60 miles an hour. Um, and then the storm made its way north through Seattle, and you retweeted on your account um, this really awesome graphic that the National Weather Service Seattle office put out, you know, mm-hmm. kind of explaining why the pressure rise was so great and why it was so windy 
but it didn't last very long. I mean, I want to say total wind-wise down here was maybe four hours of an event. Seattle, yeah. same thing. And so um, uh, I work at a bar part-time. We were the only building on the block that had power and didn't lose it. So all of my neighboring buildings did. And I was like, oh, man, uh-huh. I kind of I wanted to get off early and, you know, go home and enjoy the wind. But uh, power stayed on, so we stayed open throughout the night, which was great. But, uh, Bonnie, we talk about models handling this. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of us believe the European model to be the supreme model when it comes to, you know, being able to forecast tracks and wind strength and wind gust. But the old GFS, the model that lags behind pretty much everybody else, actually nailed this event in my eyes in terms of wind gusts. I mean, the National Weather Service put a high wind warning out for the coast, which made a lot of sense. Um, And then only gave us a wind advisory in the Willamette Valley. And we never got above, you know, the advisory criteria. So the GFS nailed it. Um, the storm track was pretty good. The Euro kept it offshore, uh, for a little bit. And then it had it cut like right across the tip of Northwest Oregon, which it didn't. It finally went ashore, um, up around the Olympic peninsula in the state of Washington. And that's why Seattle got into the mix. But, you know, you look at all these models and man, I I know snowstorms are bad when we're riding models every six hours. Windstorms are even worse. Because, yeah. because the weather geeks were all over it. It's like every six hours, oh my gosh, you know, the low intensity is different and there's a different placement. And it's just one of those ones where we're just like, we, even within 12 hours, we really weren't sure what was going to happen. So it just, it makes for very crazy times. Well, and you know, when you're, when you're trying to forecast any kind of big event, it's like, that's what you're doing. You're hanging on every single model run. and. Yep. You know, and that's the life of a weather geek, you know what I mean? And <laughs> wouldn't have it any other way for sure. But, you know, I'm I'm glad that that kind of panned out. But I did like that graphic a lot, showing that really tight pressure gradient, which is what was causing the those high winds and gusty gusts. That's right, I All said right. it, gusty gusts. We appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> at the height of the storm here in northwest Oregon, southwest Washington, 100,000 people were without power, and most of the power has been restored today. There are still some pockets that don't have it. Uh, so driving home last night about 2.30, um, I normally drive the same route to and from work, and halfway through the route, there is a road that I take that on the uh, south side of the road, there are a bunch of very tall standing fir trees. And so anytime that we have a south wind event, I kind of, you know, dread driving that route. And I can obviously go around it, but I was like, okay, the wind's died down for the most part. I'm not worried about getting a 50 mile an hour gust here, so I should be okay. But the road was littered with debris, branches that snapped off. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you're like, okay, if you didn't know that there was a windstorm going on earlier in the day, you'd be like, eh, so it must have come through here. must have been pretty breezy, but... Uh, just the amount of, you know, litter and debris that's on the roads this morning and even being out and about a little bit. Um, you can tell that something happened last night, but uh, not historic by any stretch of the imagination. But we will take a good uh, early winter windstorm. Uh, we're kind of due for another big one. And I'm, when I say big, I mean like gusts in the Willamette Valley above 55 to 65 miles an hour and then even getting stronger than that. So it's been... Uh, almost two decades since the last one that we've had. So, uh, meteorologists believe that we're due again for a really, really big windstorm. Wow. 
well, I'm I'm glad that that one that one panned out, and I was I was watching it on Twitter and everything, and looking at reports and saw some cool, you know, videos and different things like that. So I'm I'm glad that that panned out. Right, I'm gonna I like ha- when things pan out. <laughs> uh, I will retweet on our account a video from uh, just up I five here, just as you cross into Washington from the state of Oregon. A high voltage power line failed last night. Yeah. And it's arcing, and then all of a sudden the wind, you know, causes it to arc again, and then the thing breaks, and you literally see the entire line fall. And it's obviously dark, so the power line's black, but you just see the the trace of sparks coming from the line as it's basically now vaporized through the plastic covering. And you see, and there's like, oh my gosh, you know, look at this. And so one of the cooler pieces of video, but did you happen to see any of the videos of the Transformers blowing? Because personally, that's one of my favorite things to see uh, in windstorms. And obviously when we're, you know, talking about tornadoes, that's one thing to look for to verify that a tornado's on the ground. But have you seen any of the videos from last night with the Transformers blowing? Because it was pretty awesome. Yes. And I saw that one you're talking about of that line, like lighting up like that and then just like exploding and falling and, and i watched it like three or four times i was like oh my gosh <laughs> like the ladies and then run- i was like how did nothing catch fire around it right and the ladies running commentary was absolutely fantastic <laughs> oh man yeah that's yeah <laughs> yeah I, I will retweet that on the uh on the weather podcast twitter page so if you guys want to go check that out it's there but uh, you know, just again, I'm really glad that we finally had a wind event. Uh, I had an excuse to put the anemometer up. I know it's in a really crappy location, so it didn't get the best, you know, free flow wind. But, you know, I think we topped out at 29 miles an hour, which, you know, for an anemometer, that's, you know, on a back fence, on a post and, you know, kind of facing an alley. I will take it. Yeah. Hey, you know, you got to work with what you got. So at exactly. least you got it up. So. Exactly. And then, you know, now I need to figure out how to put it on the roof. But when you live in a two-story house that's not easily accessible to the roof, I have a feeling I'm going to have to rent a high lift or have somebody professionally come install it. Yeah. Yeah. Which will be okay. And it'll be worth it. But still, it's like, oh, man. Yeah. You're like, but I want it working now. I don't want to have to exactly. wait for something to come out. <laughs> exactly. I want a really good wind gust. I don't want, you know, something that's nine feet above the ground, you know, in a back alley with houses around. So, yeah, but that's just how it is. So (laughs) I love it. Uh, What do you guys have coming up weather wise for you guys? You know, we're just back to that pattern, mild, um, you know, cooler in the evenings and overnight and then the early morning, but pretty mild here the next week or so. I think at the end of uh, the week, we might have a little chance of some precip, a little bit of rain, nothing crazy. So that's Oklahoma, though. We have like a big event, and then it chills out for a while, and then the next one comes along. I'm now, now that I've got my winter weather fix, I am now counting down to spring months, which is still four months away, right. but <laughs> still counting it down. <laughs> chase, chase season will be here before we know it, and it'll be over before we know it. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Uh, up here in Oregon, we're kind of in the same thing. Temperatures are going to be in the you know lower to mid fifties. A lot mm-hmm. of rain, not anything super special. I mean, just showers on and off, no flooding, nothing like that. Um, one thing that we will look for, though, and one of my friends and the president of the AMS chapter that I belong to, I'm the VP. He has this theory that following a windstorm within sixty days, you'll have a decent snowstorm. So. 
now everybody's like, okay, you know, let's start the countdown clock. So, you know, January 6th now. So they say by March 6th, um, we will have a decent snowstorm. I will say this was very interesting. Last night's storm, the track was very similar to an event that we had in like 2008 or 2009, where you got this huge gust of wind to come in. And then in the hours following, you had all this cold air descend and it put down a surprise snowstorm. So I wake up a couple hours ago to people on posting on Twitter like, oh, my gosh, check it out. It's a rain snow mix here at 100 feet of elevation. I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, the temperature dropped, you know, up here. We had a really heavy shower come through and it's 39 degrees. But, you know, it's definitely a rain snow mix. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Okay. And then seeing friends post videos from a thousand feet in elevation. Oh, we have a dusting today. I'm like, where in the world did this come from? So. Again, the atmosphere is super, you know, super special. It does a lot of really cool things. You don't always forecast it. And lo and behold, again, last night's windstorm, you know, churned up the atmosphere enough that it brought down uh, some really cold air. And, you know, with a heavy shower, brought down the snow level to, you know, close to the ground. So that's pretty cool. So now we just kind of sit and wait for hopefully a snowstorm in the next 60 days. That would be awesome. And so is that based on statistics you said? Like there's they he, look back at past events and Yeah, and, and Steve Pierce, the guy that talks about this, is you know, he's one of those guys that can recall every snowstorm and every windstorm with, you know, highest winds, central pressure, the whole nine. And it goes just based on what I've seen, you know, since he's been alive since, you know, the mid seventies, um, he goes, you know, generally following a, a decent windstorm Within 60 days, we get a snowstorm. So, uh, you know, it's happened. I want to say he showed me the paperwork, and I think it's happened maybe eight or nine times. Hmm. So it's, you know, history's there. It can repeat itself. It does repeat itself. So now we just kind of wait and hope that it, in fact, does repeat itself and we get some snow. Uh, it'd be nice. I mean, we've flirted with it a little bit here uh, on the west side of the Cascades, but nothing, you know, that we're going to write home about or talk about on the show. So it'll be nice just to have another shot of possible winter weather and we kind of move forward from there. Yeah, that would be. And, I'll, you know, honestly, I'm a little surprised you don't have more winter weather being up that far north and near the coast and everything. Yep. Well, it's you, weird. you just said, I mean, it's it's the coast is the reason why. Um, really? And, you know, yeah, we're stuck in a valley. I mean, we have the coast range mountains that top out, you know, at a couple thousand feet. Um, and then you have the Cascades to the east uh, and just the geography of, of, you know, the Pacific Northwest and especially the state of Oregon. We're in that maritime, you know, gosh, you know, air mass most of the winter where, you know, temperatures are in the mid 30s to mid 50s for most of the winter. And it really takes something, you know, special to get the temperature down to freezing. So that's either. You know, you get cold air that pools on the east side of the Cascades, and then we have to wait for a load to kind of draw it through the gorge, and so that's where we get our east wind events. And then the cold air kind of pools in the valley, and then that's where you get a snow event. Or you have to wait for a true Arctic uh, outbreak, and then that comes down, you know, past Seattle, uh, through the entire state, blasts through Portland, and then, you know, temperatures struggle to get above the 20s, which is great. Unfortunately, for most of our events here, they're transition events, either going into cold air or coming out of. Um, uh, it's pretty rare for us to have, you know, a mid-Arctic outbreak snowstorm, but they do happen. Um, 
and just everything has to line up oh and yeah oh timing yeah has to be perfect and that's the same here like it it has to all line up and usually it doesn't either it's slightly too warm or slightly too dry or whatever like we have like 99 percent of the ingredients we need right for some sort of event but that one thing we don't have is what throws the whole thing off so right and i mean the the one ingredient that we have here that you know you don't is is an elevation play so you know you can have a lot of cold air aloft and you can have snow showers down to 500 feet or a thousand feet well that's great you know most of oregon you know sits in theory around that level but your major metropolitan areas are all below you know, roughly, you know, 700 feet elevation. So it's really tough to get snow all the way down to the valley floor, all the way down to sea level without, you know, something like extra special happening. So that's why, you know, we look at cold air pooling uh, in the Midwest and then east of the Cascades between the Rockies and the Cascades. And then we look at Arctic outbreaks. And generally you have to have one of those two things to kind of trigger a snow event, but it does happen from time to time. Um, you know, I can quickly rack my brain and think of a handful of times where we had, you know, 30 inches of snowfall o- over a three or four day period, or, you know, a quick eight inch uh, blast happen, you know, you know, one night or one evening, and then it's around for a couple of days. So again, it just takes a whole lot of different ingredients to come together in the Northwest where, you know, you guys are kind of in the same boat. The only difference is we have an elevation play and we have to kind of pool cold air where you guys obviously, you know, you have your Rockies to your west um, and then nothing basically to your north, nothing to your south. So you get the true, you know, continental air mass blast come through. So, um, well, and that's always our struggle is our oh, yeah. temperature. And it's just how far will the freezing line go? And it wobbles so much and it doesn't. It, it That's literally usually our issue is. Right. Where's it going to be freezing? And we love to be at 33, 34 degrees. And so that's why we don't get our snow is because we're a few degrees above yep. freezing. Yep. And, you know, and obviously, you know, we've talked about, you know, your freezing rain stuff that you guys get a whole lot, you know, more yeah. because you have that air coming up from the Gulf of Mexico. So, you know, I understand it's one of those things where you just like, okay, it, it, it makes total sense. And so we get that too a little bit with, again, elevation play. Uh, where does the warm air come in? How high up in the atmosphere is it? And so it's just, it's a total crapshoot to be totally honest with you, but you know, you got to have, you know, a couple things in play. You got to have cold air somewhere and you got to have plenty of moisture and warm air. That's not going to completely erode it. So uh, it's always a grab bag, but man, finally bought some exciting weather for us. (laughs) So glad it finally happened. Right. Me too. Me too. It was like a huge weight lifted off everybody's shoulders. It was like, okay, we got our snow and our ice and everything. (sighs) Finally, finally it happened, but I really appreciate you joining me. It's been a fantastic chat. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys next week on B squared, your weekly weather podcast. Bye guys.